chapter 24 of Matthew. And uh, we were looking beginning in verse 21 through verse number 22 is where we began on uh, Wednesday night. We were looking particularly at the Great Tribulation and what what Scripture teaches concerning some of these events that are taking place. What particularly what it's going to be like uh, during the tribulation period, and, and uh, we'll get in to the events a little later, maybe in the next message or two, we'll get in to those events that will take place during the tribulation period. But I just want you to kind of uh, see what the Scripture warns us of, of how bad this period of time is going to be for the earth. And we, we looked uh, last time at the the period itself, uh, the, the, the timing, the length of the period, what the scriptures say concerning the period and and, uh, uh, and how bad it's going to be and in that time frame of the seven years, how that's divided up into the two sections that it is in that, that Daniel gives us record of as well as the, the New Testament tells us, gives us record of those days as well uh, in the division of those, those two time periods. The first half, you still have... Uh, God's judgments being poured out on the earth, but it is the second half that gets really bad because then you have Antichrist really unleashed during that three and a half year period, that second half, and that's when you're going to have those judgments being poured out then as well, but on top of that is you've got the the wickedness of Antichrist working uh, in the world at that time as well, particularly focused against the nation of Israel, as they become really the focus, uh, they're the focus the entire seven-year period, but they really become the focus in that last three-and-a-half-year period when Antichrist is going to be blaming them for all the troubles, and it, it'll, it's, that's, he's going to convince the world to come against Jerusalem, come against Israel at that point in that second three-and-a-half-year period. And so we read here in, in Matthew 24, but look with me in verse 20 and 21 there, as the Lord gives this warning concerning these, I'm sorry, 21 and 22, I said 20 and 21, 21 and 22, as the Lord gives, Lord gives warning here of these things that will come during this time of tribulation. He says, for then shall be great tribulation. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And so the Lord tells us here very plainly, the world has never seen a troubled time like this period of great tribulation is coming. It's never been, the world's never seen it before. Now there's been tribulation throughout history. There always has been. As uh, Mark Lowry used to say, there's, you have a, a life is just one, one valley after a mountain. You know, it's just what, it's, it's constant. The reality of troubles in our lives are, is a reality. We all have troubles. We all have those, those, times of tribulation, times of trial that come in our life. Uh, there was an old Indian chief that decided he was called to preach, and he went to, he went to seminary to learn how to preach. And they told him three points in a poem, three points in a poem. You've got to have three points in a poem. 
And so he wrote his sermon, and he got up to preach his sermon. And he didn't have much, he was kind of a, uh, didn't say much when he was called on to talk at all. And so it was, they were curious about how he was going to preach a whole sermon when he didn't speak much as it was. And so he got up, and they, he said, the title of my message, Troubles. Um, point one, I've got it. Point two, you got it. Point three, we all got it. And for my poem, Adam had him. <laughs> that was his message. Troubles. That's what we, we live in a world full of troubles. That's a reality. Because of sin, these troubles are, are honest. They are a reality for us. And so we can look at times of tribulation. We can look at times of peril that have come in the past. We can see those events even in our own lives of trouble and trials and and in, when we are going through those times and enduring those times, it seems like, well, I've never had it any worse than this. This is the worst thing I've ever went through. You know? and, we, and we think we're in great tribulation. Listen, the whole world is going to be affected by this tribulation that the Lord is describing, and the world has never seen anything like it. Now that's including, you have the, the Black Death, you, you have the, all the wars that have taken place in the past, the sicknesses, even COVID. It ain't going to hold a, a lot to this reality of this great tribulation that's coming. Now, there are those that try to claim this great tribulation has already taken place. And we discussed that a little bit on Sunday, or Wednesday, rather. There, there are those that try to claim it's already taken place. It's already come to pass, and they particularly, those that want to claim that, they say it was 70 A.D. Uh, when Titus came in and destroyed Jerusalem and, and tore the temple down. and So they say at that time, that was the great tribulation that's being spoken of here. But for one, it only affected Jerusalem. It did not affect the world. Number two, there was no... We have no record there of Antichrist and all of the events that are being described in the book of the Revelation, particularly about what goes on during the tribulation period. Number three, John wrote the book of the Revelation about 25 years after that the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. So there, these things, they don't line up with saying that it's already taken place at the destruction of the temple even though we find very clearly here in Matthew 24, Matthew 23 as well as the Lord draws attention to them there in verse number 37, we find Israel is the main focus during that tribulation period. In fact, as we discussed a little bit on Wednesday, they are called, or the period itself is called the abomination of desolation. It's called Jacob's trouble. Uh, the great tribulation Israel becomes the focus of it there during, especially during that last three and a half year period. And we looked a little bit on Wednesday concerning the two witnesses. We didn't speak much about those, uh, but there are two witnesses that will come uh, during that time. Um, they are going to preach during that, that period, first three and a half year period. They're going to be preaching uh, and they're going to cause a great deal of trouble for Antichrist during that time. Uh, they will be killed. Uh, the Lord will allow them to be killed because they're going to try to kill them several times before they actually die and they don't have any power over them. There's any time the Lord's going to allow them to be killed. They're going to lie in the streets for three days and three nights. 
while the world celebrates these two old men finally got put out of their misery and they, we no longer have to hear them preaching about the wrath of God. And then after those three days and three nights, those guys are going to rise up and uh, be caught up uh, with the Lord. During their ministry, you're going to have 144,000 Jews that are going to be sealed. The scripture says there in, in uh, Revelation chapter number 7, we looked at those 12,000 Jews from each tribe. Uh, these 12,000 men from each tribe, 144,000 of them all together, are going to go out as missionaries, as witnesses of the Lord at this point during the tribulation, and it will be primarily from from their ministry as they go forward, that there will be souls saved during the time of the tribulation. And that is the elect that he is in reference to there in verse number 22 that we just read. Those that will be saved during the tribulation period, it is for their sake that the Lord will shorten the day, not allow it to get any longer than he's already stated that it would be. And so it's for the elect's sake, he says, that, that those days should be shortened. That, are, that will be those that are saved during that period of tribulation. There will be, they won't be a vast number. There won't be, there won't be large crowds. I don't believe if what the scripture says. There will not be large crowds coming to the Lord during that time. It will be a remnant uh, that is going to believe during that time. By and large, the world is going to believe the lie. The world is going to believe the Antichrist. The world is going to worship him as God. And the world as a whole will face their judgment with him. Uh, it'll, it'll be a remnant that will hear. It'll be a remnant that are the elect of God. I believe that's what the scripture teaches us of those that will be saved during that period. Uh, Daniel describes it as the 70th week. In Daniel chapter number 9, uh, this last week, uh, he, he counted 70 weeks of time for Israel's future at that point. We look back up now, it's Israel's history. But he, he prophesied of 70 weeks or 70 periods of seven years is what he's describing. 69 of those have come to pass, and they ended in 70 A.D. That's when that 69th week was complete. There's now been a space of time before the 70th takes up, and that's exactly how Daniel describes it to us. That 70th week will be that week of the tribulation period, that seven-year period that takes place, and Daniel even breaks it down into the into the, the different number of days and the halves of it and what will take place during those during those particular days and how those how the second section of days will be much harder than the first. And so this is going to be a, a period of great horror on the earth. As we mentioned Wednesday, we read in the book of the Revelation particularly chapter 6 through chapter 13, is speaking specifically about these events that are going on during the tribulation period on the earth. But you begin in chapter 4 and chapter 5, and even on through chapter 6 through 13, when you see these events going on on the earth, 
you see these events that are going on in heaven. And John's not only given a vision about what's taking place here, but in his writing there, the book of the Revelation, he is given understanding and vision of what's going to take place in heaven at that time as well. And while there is great trouble here, while there is great turmoil, while, while the world seemingly is falling apart here in heaven, there's going to be rejoicing, there's going to be worship, there's going to be glorying, there's going to be triumph going on there because the children of God are going to be in the presence of their Lord. And we see a glorious picture there of while there's great trouble going on here, we're going to be in the presence of our Lord, being caught up with Him because of the rapture, which comes immediately before the tribulation period. We're caught up to be with the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We're never going to be parted from His side. And from that point, you're going to see us glorifying Him, worshiping Him, being in His presence, singing songs of praise before Him there. I love chapter 5 of the book of Revelation. I absolutely love that chapter as we read there. John's vision of those gathered around the throne of God and declaring the worthiness of Christ. Amen. He is, he's all worthy. Absolutely all worthy of our praise, our adoration, our worship, our glory, everything that we can pour out upon him. He is worthy of it all. And we see that worship of him there in Revelation 5. But at the same time, this is going on. In glory, you have the horrors that are going on on this earth uh, while this great tribulation is taking place. Look with me in Luke chapter number 18. Luke chapter 18 and verse number 7. Luke 18 and verse number 7. Verse 6 says, And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. It is at this time, during this tribulation period, when God will avenge his elect. This is when there's this great judgments of God will be poured out upon the earth. Revelation describes for us the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven vials, all of those filled with the wrath of God being poured out upon the earth at this time to, to inflict this, this vengeance upon the earth from the presence of the Lord. Look over here in, in uh, Revelation 6. Revelation 6, verse 9 and verse 10. Revelation 6, verse 9 and verse 10. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord? Holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? That's going to come during that tribulation period when their blood will be indeed avenged. 
In, in fact, the Scripture tells us uh, there in chapter 7, as we read the, the other day on, on Wednesday, there in chapter 7, those 144,000 that are chosen out uh, of the tribes of Israel, 12,000 from every tribe, it's going to go forth as witnesses, as missionaries there for the Lord during that period. According to the Scripture, all 144,000 of them are going to be beheaded for the Lord. They're all going to die during that seven-year period as they go forth as witnesses for him, declaring uh, his kingdom, declaring his judgment that is coming, uh, declaring Christ as they go forward. All 144,000 of them, uh, the Scripture teaches, I believe, they're going to be slain. Uh, and and they they were beheaded for his sake, it says. And it, those, of those 144,000 there, this is going to be part of those that are going to be avenged, as he's describing here, uh, during that tribulation period. And so it's going, to be a, it's going to be a horrible time for this earth and those that are on the earth. And we'll look at all the events today, but we'll get into that later on as we look at some of those things that the Scripture describes for us there, those events will take place during the tribulation period. But there will be, I believe, souls saved. I believe that's, again, Matthew 24. He's talking about the elect uh, that are there in Matthew 24 during the tribulation period. There's, there's going to be souls saved during the tribulation period. Now, there are those, that's a controversial question. And there are those that don't uh, hold to it. They, they, they don't think anybody's going to be saved during that time. Uh, there are those that believe only Jews will be saved at that time, that this is Gentile period now, and that there's not going to be any Gentiles saved during the tribulation period. I kind of agree with them in a sense in the, in the fact that right now is the age of the Gentiles, and primarily those that are being saved now are Gentiles, but there's still Jews being saved as well. And I believe it's just going to be flip-flopped during the tribulation period. I believe during that time it's primarily going to be the Jews that are focused on and it will be primarily the Jews that are saved. But I still believe he's going to save Gentiles as well during that period because, and we'll read here in just a few minutes here, Matthew 25, he describes to us there that all these people are going to be coming from these nations that he's gathering to himself that are his sheep. And, and you don't... If you're, if you're a sheep, that means you're one of his. There are, no, there are no unsaved sheep at this point. All his sheep will have experienced his grace. That's the reason he's gathering them to himself. And there's never a time, never a time where a sheep becomes a goat or a goat becomes a sheep. Understand, there's never time they cross in any way. The goats always remain goats. The sheep always remain sheep. He knows his sheep. And his sheep know him, he says in, in John chapter number 10. Look with me in Matthew 25. and Let's, let's look at that passage there. The 144,000 Jews, of course, uh, they are going to go forth. They'll preach. Uh, and prophesy concerning the Lord. The two witnesses, of course, they'll be killed uh, as they preach the gospel and the coming of the kingdom. The 144,000 Jews, um, they uh, will be martyred for their testimony. 
uh, as they go forward proclaiming the same. And then this great tribulation will bring all of this, this turmoil on the earth. But even while this, this, uh, these judgments being poured out, this wickedness being conducted by Antichrist be poured out during that time, you have uh, even still God's grace coming to these individuals that he makes mention of here in Matthew 25, those sheep uh, that he brings his grace to even in these troublous times. Look there in verse 31, Matthew 25, verse 31. We'll read down through verse 46. It's kind of a, a big section here as he describes this. It says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, that's what's described for us in Revelation 19 at the end of the tribulation period. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another. Now that's not nation from nation, but his sheep from the goats out of those nations, you see. He shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was an hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. And shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? Now notice, these are the good deeds that they did, but they were counted righteous without these good deeds. It was because of the deeds they were doing that proved their righteousness. See, it's not because they did these things that they are made sheep. It's because they are the children of God and they are saved by His grace and because they are His children, they did these good deeds. You see. It's because of who they are in Christ. And they, they ask, when did we see you in this situation? The king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, Ye have done it unto me. Then shall he also, then shall he say also rather unto them on the left hand. That's to those goats. <clears throat> Depart from me, ye cursed in the everlasting fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, 
ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. The difference is the righteousness, you see. And so there will be those that he will save during the tribulation period. He has an elect, and his elect, as he tells us there in Matthew 25, is going to be scattered in all the nations of the world. He's going to be bringing these sheep out of those nations. Notice also Romans 11. Romans chapter number 11 and verse number 27. Let me back up just a little bit and begin reading in verse 25. Romans 11, verse 25. He says, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And Paul said, Don't get too high and mighty yourself because you're a Gentile and and you've experienced the grace of God and look down your nose at those Jews that won't believe. He said, don't, what, calm down, boys. <laughs> he said, the only reason you believe is because God has turned to you to believe. Uh, you wouldn't believe otherwise, you see. He said, so don't, don't, get, don't get too high in mind. Don't, don't look down your nose at the Jews because it's only until, he says, the fullness of the Gentiles be coming in. And then his attention is going to be turned back to the Jews again. And he says, verse 26, And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, There shall come out of Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. So there's a deliverance coming. And it's coming at the end of the tribulation period. We see that, as we, we looked already there, concerning the kingdom of God, we see that in the book of the Revelation, chapter number 19, we see the Lord's return to the earth in power and great glory when he comes to take his throne. That's in chapter 19 of the Revelation. Zechariah, we looked at that on Wednesday there, Zechariah chapter 12, as he describes that event, when the Lord comes, he's going to set foot down upon the Mount of Olives, and the Mount of Olives is going to split in twain at that time. And there, those that are left of Israel are going to run to the Lord at that point for protection. That will only be a third of them. And we'll look more at that when we get into the events of the tribulation period. But there will be two-thirds of Israel that will be destroyed, two-thirds of the population that will be destroyed. It will only be a third of them that will live through this tribulation period that third of them will all look upon the Lord Jesus at that time. That's what Paul's telling us here in verse 26. And so all Israel shall be saved. That third will look upon him. They'll see him as Lord. Zechariah tells us there in chapter 13, uh, they'll look on him and see his hands where they were pierced. And they'll ask him, where did you get those wounds from? He said, in the house of my friends. And they'll see him there as Lord at that time. Fountain be opened unto them, he says there in Zechariah chapter 12, that fountain be opened unto them, that, they, that, that fountain of grace that pours out on them there, that they will at last see Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's this third here that Paul is in reference to in verse number 26 
of chapter number 11. So all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out a sign the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. When I shall take away their sins. And so you have that promise there that Israel also will partake of this be his elect during that time. They, he will return to Israel again during that tribulation period. And that's so, so this that we are enjoying now, this age of the Gentiles, it's temporary. It's got an end date. There's an ending point to it. And that begins the great tribulation period. And then Israel will become the focus again. Um, so the, the tribulation period ends when Christ Jesus comes to take his millennial kingdom. And he says that he shortened the days for the elect's sake. For the elect's sake. So there's some reasons, there's some purposes for this tribulation period that we see in the scriptures. Number one, of course, as we just read here in Romans 11, it is to prepare Israel for her coming Messiah. She's going to at last see him as Lord. Um, they missed him the first time. When he was right there in their presence, they missed him. When he, when he fulfilled the prophecies right there in their presence, they missed him. They did not see him. Uh, in his birth, in his life, uh, the, the struggles that he had to endure during his life, uh, the, 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 very, uh, the very miracles that he performed in their presence, and them even acknowledging. Uh, it's always interesting to me that there in, in John chapter 3, you have early in the Lord's ministry, Nicodemus comes to him, and Nicodemus representing the Jews there, I believe he's, he's telling what they all were thinking at that point early in the Lord's ministry, we know that you must be a man sent from God because no man can do these miracles except he come from God. So he tells him there in John chapter 3. And it's just like three chapters later, they're coming to him and saying, well, you're of you're your father the devil. That's who you are. You're performing these miracles by the power of Beelzebub. That's the reason you're able to do these things. And so it didn't take them very long to change their whole opinion on who Christ was simply because they did not like the things that he had to say. And so this, it's interesting to me to see that. We know, though, that it's for that reason that the gospel is brought to you and I. That it is, it is that very reason that it comes to, to me, it comes to you, that the gospel is brought to us, you see. And so this, this time of tribulation is to prepare Israel to at last see Christ Jesus as their Messiah, as their King. And so it, it is focused, the tribulation, the tribulation period itself is focused on Israel during that time. And it's going to affect the whole world. Don't misunderstand. The whole world's going to be affected by it horribly. But it, Israel's going to be the focus of the Lord. They're going to have special treatment from him in that to prepare them for the coming of the Lord. 
And so they're going to be the special focus. Notice Jeremiah chapter 30. Jeremiah chapter number 30 and verse number 7. Jeremiah 30 and verse 7. Jeremiah 30 verse 7. Jeremiah says here, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. It is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Daniel chapter number 9. Start flipping the wrong direction. Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. <coughs> Excuse me. Daniel 9, 24. Daniel says here, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Notice he says this, to make an end of sin, to finish the transgression there he says, to make reconciliation for that iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. They will, during that time, they'll be able to look upon the Lord Jesus and know He is their Messiah, that He is indeed their King. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy 4, verse number 30 and verse number 31. Deuteronomy 4, verse 30 and 31. This is all the way back during the time of Moses. As he's <laughs> declaring to the children of Israel uh, what they need to be looking for. And he says here, verse number 30, and verse 31, he says, When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient unto his voice. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers which he sware unto them. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, he says. And, that, and he, he will fulfill. He will keep those promises. He will keep the covenants that he has made with them to perform that saving of the nation of Israel at the end of the tribulation period. And so that's one purpose. Another purpose we find is to judge the world. For centuries the world has rebelled and hated the government and law of God. They've hated his righteousness. 
They hate the binds that it seemingly puts on them. You can read there in Psalm chapter 2. To me, that is a remarkable chapter there uh, describing God's sovereignty over this world and over the governments of this world. And yet, the governments of this world, the kings of the earth, as he describes there in Romans, or in, I'm sorry, in Psalm chapter 2, that they'll say, let us break their bands asunder. Let us, let us take their cords off. We're not going to let God control us anymore. We're not going to let God tell us how to live. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to do it our way. We're not going to let God tell us how we're going to do or what we're going to be or how we're going to serve Him or how we're not going to serve Him. We're not going to let Him do that to us. And then the Bible says there that He will have them in derision. And He says God will laugh at them. Listen, you don't want God laughing at you. I can't... I. The, our God, our God is a, we, He is a God to be feared. Be assured, He is a God to be feared. And you do not want Him laughing at you as is described there in, in, in uh, Psalm chapter 2. That is a fearful thing. To have the God of glory, the God of all power, the Almighty, laughing at you because of your rebellion against him. Because you don't want what's coming. You don't want what's coming. And so this this is this is a judgment being poured. And this is not the final judgment, by the way. That's not going to come until the end of the millennial reign. We read there in Revelation chapter number 20. That's the final judgment. This is going to be a judgment being poured out upon the world for this seven-year period, this seven-year period of time. And so it's going to be uh, great judgments being poured out upon this earth to judge the world because of the rebellion and the, the, the hatred of the governments of this world and mankind himself against the God of heaven. And they will receive his judgment during that time. Notice in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2 and verse 11 and 12. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2 verse 11 and 12. He says, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Well, what's the lie? Well, the lie is the lie of Antichrist. They're going to believe him. Even though all of these things are clearly declared in the Word of God. They're clearly told us what's going to take place in these times. They are clearly told us what's going to transpire. So that, that when the rapture occurs, the world should very clearly know, hey, that's exactly what those Christians have been talking about all these years. Well, part of the problem is there's not enough Christians talking about it. That's part of the problem. But the, the, but the reality is this is something that's been proclaimed, it's something that's been declared for centuries, and yet when it happens... They're going to believe a lie. 
instead of believing what the scriptures declared is taking place. And as I said before, I believe wholeheartedly one of the first ones that's going to come up is aliens coming to us. I believe that's exactly. In fact, I was watching a video on that this, this very morning, um, and I, I don't know the veracity of, of uh, I pretty well trust the guy that I was listening to. I've listened to him on several other things. But he was, he was interviewing someone else uh, that was uh, a worker in the Pentagon, and he was told by one of the uh, high-ups, he wouldn't say who it was, but one of the high-ups in the Department of Defense declared to him, don't be looking into this alien stuff. I don't care what the government says about it. Don't be looking into it. He said, the reality is we all know it. It's demonic. That's what he was saying. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the veracity of what. But that's exactly what I believe. I, just, I was like, oh, yeah, that's it right there. And that's one of the very first things they're going to, they're going to try to claim. There's no doubt in my mind uh, to say that E.T. went home and we went home with him. Is what they're going to, that's what they're going to try to declare. And, they, and, and the world is going to believe their lie, whatever the lie may be, whatever the lie that comes forward. It says, for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all not be damned, who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. His purpose for that seven-year period is to bring this judgment on this world. Isaiah chapter 26, Isaiah 26, verse number 20 and 21, Isaiah 26, verse 20 and 21, he says, come my people, come my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee, hide thyself as it were for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. He's coming for this purpose of judgment on this world. And to judge... As he declares there in Revelation 17, the third thing that we see purpose of this tribulation is to, is to judge the apostate church that is mentioned for us here. Revelation 17, verse number 5 and verse number 6. It will be uh, the religion of the world during this seven-year period. They're going to lift up the Antichrist. Uh, they're going to uh, lift him up as God. Uh, the Jews will even for a time believe he is Messiah, which we'll look more at that when we look into the Antichrist a little bit more and what the Scriptures teach us concerning him. We'll read here in, in Revelation 17, verse 5 and verse 6. It says, Upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Then he says in verse 15, down through verse 18 of the same passage, he says, And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, 
are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore. And the horns are descriptive of kingdoms there, or kings particularly. And shall make her, they shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. And then in Revelation 19, we read in the first three verses of that passage concerning this same. Chapter 19, verse number 1. It says, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven, saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. This judgment that is coming against this apostate church during that time will, or for that time will be one of the purposes of this tribulation period as it goes forward to bring to pass this judgment. Now next time, uh, Wednesday in fact, Lord willing, we'll be looking at some of these events of the tribulation period as the details are given to us in the scripture. And we're not going to look at them in great detail, but we're going to look at the, the particular events as it's described for so we'll we'll know according to Scripture what these things will be uh, because that's as far as I want to know about them is what the Scripture says they're going to be. I ain't going to be here when, when it's going to go on. At least that's the way I understand the Scripture. And if, if for some reason I've misunderstood and I am here when these things go on, it'll be all right because I have my Lord. And so that's, that's, that's the reality there. But I, I firmly believe that we will be we will be gone from this place when that tribulation is taking place because the purpose of it is for Israel, as we've already looked, and to bring these judgments on the earth. And we are being saved from His wrath. I believe not only that wrath to come in the sense of Revelation 20 and the final judgments, but also this wrath that's being poured out uh, during that tribulation period as well. But we'll, Lord, we'll look on Wednesday at some of these events that will transpire during that seven-year period as we see uh, these, these things that are described for us in the Scripture of what will take place during that seven-year period of horror that the earth will endure. All right, let's stand and we'll be dismissed for that.